Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. I'm Tony Heil, the Director of Communications and Public Policy here at the chapter. And today is a special day and week because it is Nurses Week here in, uh, well, in the world. Um, I the, the 2017 marks the 40th anniversary of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter. Uh, began in 1977, has grown from serving a small area to now serving half of Pennsylvania, half of New Jersey, and all of Delaware. Uh, but as it's grown, one thing that's been the most important is caring for ALS families and putting patient care first and foremost above all else. And so while a lot of people interact with the chapter when they're talking to board members or fundraisers um, or others here in the chapter, including myself, um, the bedrock of our chapter is our patient services department, which I know I'm biased and our guests are biased too, are the best in any organization for any disease anywhere in the world. So, um, and they'll appreciate that. But being Nurses Week, um, people may not realize that the ALS Association uh, actually employs some outstanding nurses who are delivering care every day. And there's no greater example than at Hershey Medical Center, where we have three incredible nurses who are joining this podcast as part of Nurses Week. And that is Sue Walsh, uh, Maureen Reed, and Annette Miller. So Sue, Annette, and Maureen, thanks for coming on to the podcast to talk about nursing. Thank you, Tony. So we're doing this remotely because you're over there in Hershey and I'm not there. Uh, so I, we were, if you have any questions, it might sound a little bit different, but um, really what's important is the content from our nurses. So um, let's do some introductions. Just briefly, Sue, how long have you been a nurse and how long have you been with the chapter? Oh, Tony, you're pushing it already. Well, that's the whole point of the podcast is to... <laughs> longer than I've worked at the chapter, let's say that, and I have been with the chapter for 22 years, and that has been half of my career. Well, that's... So it's, I've been in a very long time. I don't think the math adds up because that means you started being a nurse when you were 12. No, you can't add. Anyway, I started when I was 20 years old. I went to a diploma program, and, and I started working as a nurse when I was 20. And now I'm much older, and I've been with the chapter for the last 22 years. Well, and, and people like to say that 20-year-olds don't make good decisions, but here you are. There you go. There you go. But they also used to say that you don't look like you're old enough to be a nurse, but that was a very long time ago. No one said that lately. Well, I can't even tell because we're over the phone right now. Um, Maureen, right. Maureen, you've been a nurse for a while, and, and you've been with the chapter for uh, a shorter time. So how long have you been a nurse, and how long with the chapter? I've been a nurse for uh, 30 years, and I've been with the chapter for six years. It'll be six years in September. I'm so excited. Right. You started just a few months after I did, so... We're basically the same. Right, exactly. And Annette, you are our newest nurse at the chapter, right? Right, correct. Well, Annette's the newest nurse in South Central. We have other nurses, but she's our newest nurse in South Central. Right. And I've been a nurse for a long time, too, about 36 years. Um, but I'm, I'm a new baby at the chapter, so 
um, starting a, a whole different avenue of nursing. I've been with the clinic. It'll be two years uh, the end of August. Well, that, it feels like you just started a few months ago, uh, but it's uh, it's nice coming into a well-respected clinic. Sue started when the clinic at Hershey first opened, and now, Annette, you're there as the clinic is doing bigger and better things. That's right. I'm so thrilled to be a part of that team. So, um... None of you necessarily became nurses because of ALS, obviously. I, Sue, you may not have even known about ALS back then when you started. None of you may have known about ALS, really, when you became nurses. So no. all of you have different reasons for coming to the chapter. And what what really drove you to um, want to help people with ALS in your career? Well, I will say, Tony, that I knew nothing about ALS when I came in contact with the ad for this position. I will tell you that what attracted me to the position wasn't even about ALS, but it was the chapter was advertising for a nurse to take care of patients and their families. And I think that that's what attracted me because I had been working in an ICU and I knew that people that were critically and chronically ill with, with the kinds of problems our patients had, that working with families was a big part of uh, being a nurse and what would uh, what a nurse could do, so that's what attracted me. The fact that the chapter was looking for a nurse to not only take care of the patients but also to take care of family. And before we get to Maureen and Annette, I think that really sticks with what Hershey is, what the chapter is, because we have close to a thousand patients with ALS at one time. But really, you guys are taking care of so many more people because. Whether it's a couple like Heather and Steve, you're there for the entire family that's affected by the disease. That's right. And it's also one of the rare things that nurses get to do at the chapter that they might not have the opportunity in other places. So that's why working here is really special. And I, I imagine, more, what kind, what did you do before this? Obviously, you were a nurse, but you were working in a hospital setting? Me, too, I was an ICU clinical nurse specialist. So you didn't spend as much time with a specific person. Like here, you see a person with ALS and you're updating with them frequently. There you might see somebody and never see them again, right? Right. And so this way, we are with our patients from the day they are given the diagnosis and our nurses are there. And we are with them and the family through every step of the way. Well, Maureen, obviously that is very important to you as a nurse, right? For with Because you have a connection to ALS, and I've seen the way you interact with whole families. So is that what drew you here, too? So, Tony, as you, as you know, and um, possibly some of the um, listeners know, um, I became familiar with the ALS Association when my late husband, Rich, was diagnosed. Oh, boy. Um, he passed away 14 years ago. And so... Sue was managing the care of Rich and I and our family. And I thought, oh, wow. And at the time, I was an orthopedic trauma nurse, which I dealt with patients and families as well. Um, but I thought, oh, wow, that's Sue. She's awesome. One day, I'm going to grow up and be like her. <laughs> so... Um, life, life went on, and uh, it was fate. 
I, I, I do believe in that. It was fate. Uh, I gotten remarried and I had um, a year off to figure out what was going to be my next um, journey. And I was hoping for my last career position into retirement that it would be so fulfilling. I had to be passionate about it. Um, that was my thought. And I stumbled upon Sue over a phone call. Um, anyway, that, that detail, that isn't that important, but it was perfect timing because Sue's like, uh, we have a position available. And it was like I heard the angels singing to me. So here I am. I'm like, well, Sue, who's better qualified? Aren't I fellowship trained in this? <laughs> I, I'm sure it wasn't a hard sell. I'm sure it was easy for to, to convince Sue. It, it was. We were like, I said, you want a job? And it's the, the, the rest is history. And yeah. our, our patients are so lucky to have her. Well, and, and Maureen, you talk, Maureen, you talked about having a, um, a passion for what you would be doing, that you needed to have that drive there. I, I think that people don't appreciate sometimes how much work nurses do. They um, I'm sure many times you've heard the conversation of, oh, I'll see the doctor, and whereas you're probably doing 98% of the work. Um, not that Dr. Simmons is a girl, I just mean in your whole career. Um, so do you think that that's a key component to nursing in general? Like that there's so many ways you can be a nurse, whether it's ICU, trauma, children, ALS, that you have a passion for the kind of nursing you're doing. Yes, I I, you know, anybody even shows remote interest in nursing, I completely encourage them to do that. Um, my stepson's a nurse, and, and I encourage them all along because I, I think it's just a fabulous profession. I worked, you know, part-time raising the children on the floor in a med surge floor, and then I specialized in orthopedic um, nurse um, specialist and worked a gazillion hours a day and back in grad school. But... Once again, I was very passionate about that job, so I didn't mind putting the hours in. And just like with this job, you know, Sue's always trying to keep us at 37.5 hours a week. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, yeah, right, okay. Um, and we sort of giggle at that because we're obsessed with our patients and their families, but in, in a healthy way. Um, uh, it, it's, I don't know. Um, we're, 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 we're very blessed to be in this job, and... And we learn a lot from our patients, and we get we get a lot from them. Well, I mean, you talk about that it's a great profession. If anyone doesn't realize it, nurses are the um, considered the most honest and ethical of any profession. Uh, Gallup did a poll last year in terms of the be the most trusted professions, and nurses was number one ahead of some uh, any engineers, ahead of police officers, ahead of teachers, ahead of Bankers, journalists, lawyers, all sorts of people ahead of me. I don't know why I'm listed. Um, but <laughs> it was, it, it, I didn't realize I was a professional. But, you know, people trust nurses. You're the first person they talk to, and you have to um, deliver good and bad news. So it's important that you're able to 
to have a profession and a personality that people will believe you and, and listen to you, right? For to enable to do this, enable in order to do this job well. It's very, very well said, Tony. So, and Annette, you had not necessarily planned to do ALS work, I assume. And I, um, what made you want to get your get yourself involved with ALS care? And do you think it's uh, been a good decision for you? Well, it's kind of funny. I um, I had done hospice for eight years prior to coming to the ALS clinic, and I started as a, a field nurse seeing patients in their home and. We opened an inpatient facility, and I worked in there and became a manager, and then I became the director of the whole hospice program. So I um, was, I had been praying for a long time to get out of that position and find a job that was um, equally fulfilling. I feel very called to work with people with terminal illnesses. I'm very comfortable uh, in that role and, and dealing with the unique needs that go along with that for the patient and their families. And I met Maureen at a wedding, and Maureen talked about fate, and I will just continue that fate story because it totally was. Um, we were at a wedding of a daughter of a mutual friend, and they said they had introduced us because we would just really hit it off, and we did. And then when we started talking about our jobs, and I told her what I did, and then she told me, you know, I told her I was so stressed in that job and I just really needed to make a change, but I just didn't know where I was going to go in nursing. I, you know, like most nurses that have been nurses a long time, I feel like I've done so much and worked in so many different um, aspects of nursing. I just didn't know where I wanted to finish my career. And uh, when Maureen told me about her job, um, I said, that job sounds perfect. And she said, well, we're hiring. And I about fell over. And so that was a Saturday. I went home the next day. I found the job online and applied. And it was early the next week, I think, that I was meeting with Sue. And um, then I had to sweat it out for a couple weeks. And Maureen kept talking me down off a ledge. (laughs) You've got the job. You've got the job. (laughs) And I am so so thrilled. Having done hospice, this was just a natural progression for me. Um, I'm so thrilled to not be the boss anymore and just support Sue. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm I'm not a bad employee. But <laughs> um, well, if you were a bad employee, she wouldn't have had you on this call. I know. I keep telling the patients, you know, that I'm just, I still meet patients for the first time all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here almost two years. I think they're going to keep me. So... <laughs> Um, But they are wonderful to work with. I mean, I'm in awe of these two other ladies that I work with and the whole team. Um, You know, the way they deal with the patients, the things that I've learned from them, and just um, being able to fit so easily into this team and and just bringing, you know, my hospice knowledge with me and being able to use that. And it's, I, I can't say enough how much I just am so thankful that... I've come to this place and can be on the team. Well, and you talk about... We're delighted. We are so grateful to have you. That's what makes it so much fun is that we've got three nurses, not one, and we're able to really support each other and the patient. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, since you said you have multiple nurses there and then you have social workers and, and other people... 
you all understand your profession well. So does that mean that part of your success at Hershey Medical Center is that you're all able to ask the right questions of each other to prop each other up? Oh, I think that... Yeah, I think... Absolutely. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Annette. Well, one thing that Sue really stresses to us and, you know, to, to me coming on new was, you know, to basically stay in your lane. We have therapists. We have physical therapists, occupational therapists. We've got a social worker. We've got a clinical psychologist. We've got nutrition, speech. So as a nurse, we're taught to fully assess the patient, the whole whole patient. But it's great to have other people to take care of those avenues, and we can focus on the things that are important from a nursing aspect and then to um, take that assessment to the doctor and, and you know, formulate a pan, plan for this patient. But you have this multidisciplinary team to meet all these unique needs of a, an ALS patient. So. I love that, and it took a while, but, you know, now I'll say, well, that's that's Joan's area or, you know, someone else's. So it, that's been really great to have that team. Well, and you talk about the team approach. Obviously, Sue, you've been making that happen there from the beginning, uh, but uh, does that make your job a lot easier? So if, if it makes your job a lot easier, what is your job as a nurse at the clinics then? Because if these other people are doing that <laughs> aspect you know, what do you think is the most important thing you do in your role as a nurse in the clinic atmosphere? Well, I think that from a nursing perspective, what the nurses do uniquely is to really monitor what's going on with the patient's physical symptoms and problems and really be able to screen that information and make determination and recommendations for patients for whether it's a, a BiPAP machine or if it's how to help with their secretions or actually whether they should be getting a therapist into the home to look at whether they get a lift or not. So that I think that the nurse is uniquely qualified to look at a lot of the physical symptoms, but also look at how all of the pieces fit together. So that that's why the questions usually always come to the nurses first and they screen the patient based on their skills and expertise, and then they can triage to another individual on the team itself. The nurses, a lot of the time, end up being the point person for the patients and families, so they'll call with a vague complaint or an overwhelming problem, and the nurse is qualified to, the nurse really has to listen really well, sort through the information to get the best perspective and the best uh, expertise put into place. Does that make sense, ladies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very well stated. So you're the first person, really, that they're the, the face of not just a chapter, but the face of your clinic from the first meeting a lot of the time then. And so you have to um, do a good job from the start so that they keep coming back, so that they have some trusted place to ask more questions. Um, because it's a really challenging time, especially the first time they're there. So you're you're there to make sure they're comfortable with all aspects of the care they're going to be getting right from minute one. Annette, why don't you talk about what happens when we see them at the newly diagnosed day, the day they first are told they have ALS? Right. So we, um, Dr. Simmons does the testing with them when they're at clinic, and then if he determines that they do have ALS, we go in with him, and um, he's 
spent a lot of time with the patient and their family, um, helping them to understand the diagnosis and some unique things about it and, and answer a lot of their questions. And then uh, we walk out with him, give them a little bit of time to digest. And with Dr. Simmons, we formulate a little bit of a plan going forward. And then the nurse goes back in and we spend quite a bit of time with that family. We tell them about the chapter and how the chapter works alongside of uh, the Hershey uh, people and what we do to come together and provide a lot of services for them. Um, we help them to develop a plan going forward. We reassure them. You can just imagine there's so many different reactions to the news that you have ALS. And um, we determine what needs to be done right away, what, what we um, can kind of let go a couple weeks till we can get them into a clinic appointment or um, things that we need to address right away, such, uh, you know, if they're having difficulty breathing or swallowing, things that are a little more emergent. And, um, you know, we, from that moment on, we really start to develop a relationship with that patient and their family. And we become very close to them. And um, we spend a lot of time on phone and on email going forward with them. And so we are the ones that are often, you know, when they come in, we sometimes they put on such a front and they're not really showing us what's really going on. And it takes some time to get below the surface. Uh, determine what's really happening with them and, and their needs that they have. And, and we are the ones then, as Sue said, that, you know, we're determining what equipment they need. Do they need more help in the home? Um, does medication need to be changed? And, and who we need to work with to get those things accomplished. So it's really wonderful the way we build a relationship with those families. And I am so impressed with the patients and the families we deal with. They're amazing. You would think that they um, would just, you know, take it so negatively and, and be upset, and, and some are, um, but I'm amazed how many of them so quickly want to get involved in research and, and get involved in our walks and different things because they want to help people in the future with this disease, and it's just, they're, I don't know, I'm so uh, overwhelmed by their attitudes and their resilience. Yeah, they seem to sign up with you guys right away, and I, I'm sure that's a, that's a difficult conversation from date from moment one you guys all in my experience being here just a little bit longer Marie um develop personal relationships with these families it doesn't seem uh I don't want to say not formal but it just feels more on personal than it does working at you know working at a corporation so does that make it both easier because there's a comfort level between you and them and harder being a nurse because you know what's happening with ALS, and you develop a real affinity towards every one of these patient families. Maureen, maybe you're the best one to talk about that. Right. I'm sorry. My phone is speaking in here. Um, in fact, the patient calling me. Anyway, um, Tony, can you repeat the question? I apologize. I was looking at who was calling me, and I was. <laughs> and that's Maureen in a nutshell. Well, <laughs> she's always there for them. Always. <laughs> she just did that just for this podcast to make it sound even better. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is Maureen. That I, is so Maureen. I know. And I've seen, always, always there for her patients. So speaking of being always there for your patients, does it make it both easier to, when, to de um, deliver care because you develop a closeness with the families and you can feel a comfort level with them and, and them with you? Or is it harder because 
you know what's happening with ALS and you, you see them as not a patient, but a, but a person who you care about. So I, well, I, I think it's easier. I think the, the key is right from the beginning. As soon as the patients and the families know that they're not going to be on this journey alone and that they have a support from our chapter and from our clinic with us that we will be here by their side through their journey, there's, it, it just makes things so much better for them. Because prior to that, they've been told, oh, you know, we, we don't know what to tell you. There's not much to do for this. Or they've been told, yeah, we don't know a lot about that. So they, they feel lost and they're floundering out there. And a lot of these patients have been having symptoms for a year before by the time they get to us. And they've gone through, you know, all sorts of testing and, and nobody knew what was going on with them. So as, you know, nobody wants to hear the diagnosis of AOS, but sometimes once they hear it, you know, a, a diagnosis, and then they know that there's a team to help them, there's a great connection. And I I find it easy to care for them because, you know, my past experience as well, and I knew how good it felt to be taken care of um, by Sue and Dr. Simmons and the team. And I, you know, I want to give the same same care back, you know, pay it forward. Yeah, I imagine. The thing is, is that, go ahead, Tony. No, you go ahead. I want to hear you. Well, one of the things that happens is that because we get to know our families so closely, we really, it, we understand the whole, the whole picture of ALS, and also we understand some of what happens for families, an individual family. And so... Our patients tell us that when they don't come to clinic anymore or after the illness is over, that it's sort of like they feel like they lose a family member because we're really close to them and we get to, we get to know them. We make home visits. They come to our, quote, house at the clinic. And because we get to know them so closely, in many ways it's easier to make what may be seen as an individual recommendation for what's going on for a family member. But be, be honest, for myself, there are certain patients that you become extremely close to and you've worked so closely with caring for them that, you know, after seven years when that person dies, it's a difficult loss for many of us. So I, I acknowledge that for all of our team members, but I know especially for our nurses who are managing sometimes on a daily, sometimes more than once a day with some very intense families, it's a loss when we, and we feel that when our patients die. And, and from my perspective, from going to the walks and doing advocacy with you guys, it, it seems like the patients and the families and, and even the sponsors and others they feel that from you because and it makes a better connection from the outside in knowing that there is a real bond there and it's not just a job so you must feel you all must feel a sense of personal pride then knowing what is benefited there that like you feel good knowing that you can provide that care so you must when you see this 
feel a personal pride yourself and also for others. I, I imagine you're all rooting for each other um, to be able to provide good care and knowing that as difficult as ALS is, that person that came in is getting help that they wouldn't have 10 minutes earlier. We don't know how other people in other diseases manage without people like us. And we often say, wow, you know, we know how tough it is to manage in the healthcare system and to manage these problems. But, you know, ALS is not the only disease. But ALS is the only disease that has the support that's provided to our patients. Um, and that's because of the work of the chapter. Now, you guys have all have many years of nursing experience. And the clinic itself has been around for 20 years. But a lot of things are different now from when both the clinic started and when you became nurses. So so two questions, and you guys can all answer it yourself. Um, how has nursing itself changed? And how has the way you deliver care at Hershey changed? And Sue, you're obviously the best one to answer that one. Like, is it better now? I assume so, because it's always improving, because there's new programs and services and knowledge. Um, you know, What do you think are the biggest changes in your career? For me, I think that the way that our clinic is devised structurally is the same um, in that we include a multidisciplinary group of people. I think that it's the challenge of working in the healthcare system has become very, very different. And a lot of the things that the nurses do is to manage the system so the patients can get what they want. And that has, I believe, become increasingly difficult, particularly because of insurances and regulations. So a lot of times, the nurses are managing behind the scenes that the patients may not even realize they're doing just so that they can get the simple things that they think that you just call up and make happen because that's what it looks like to our patients. So we nurses have always had to manage the environment and the system to get the patients what they need, but that has changed the most over time. The basic core of how we care for patients and what we do to assess and help them with their symptoms and listen to them, that's pretty much the same. And whether we do it in an ALS clinic, whether we do it on a phone, whether we do it in the home, whether we do it via now telemanagement, because we're doing that. Um, the nursing is the same. I think what's changed is the healthcare system that we now have to manage to get help for our patients. Yeah, and, and I'll ask the others to answer too, but I talked with our social workers here, um, and Ann Cooney and uh, Melissa Call and Janie, about how that works here and just how much time you guys are spending on making the process of dealing with healthcare easier for patients who are dealing with a terrible disease. That's stressful enough, but you guys make it so much easier, that stress, and I'm sure it's stressful to you because you want to get it right. I think it's one of the most frustrating things that we do now and having to deal with the insurance companies especially. I mean, we, we're always bemoaning how much time we have to spend on the phone arguing for things for our patients. And I so often find myself yelling at the person on the other end that I should just say ALS and you should say, what do you need? Right. Um, you know, to, to quibble over a medication that's going to cost them $12 to spend an hour on the phone talking to six different people to get a medication approved that's going to cost a drug company, you know, under $10 is, to me, a huge waste of my time and just ridiculous. 
and, you know, because maybe we're using it for an off-label symptom or something. And so, you know, I I just think that has become one of the most frustrating things about being a nurse. We can't just be a nurse anymore and do the things that people know nurses to be. We have to know so much about insurances and, you know, just so much that, you know, I don't feel like it's is my expertise, but you you have to know those things to um, be able to argue on behalf of your patients and get them what they need and in a timely manner. Patients don't have, some of them don't have a lot of time, and we're trying to get these things put through as quick as we can, and, and the world just doesn't work that way. So it has become a real frustration for all of us. No, I, I agree, and I, when we go to do advocacy, I know because I was in the room with Maureen, a few weeks ago, that that's one of the conversations we have is we make this so people get their care quickly because we have experts like you three and our social workers and others who make the call, find out how your insurance works, make sure you're not asking for something you don't need so you're kind of messed up later. Um, and that's a constant changing and learning experience for you because everything's different 24 hours later. Now, Maureen, what has changed to you for... Um, in terms of nursing in general, or you have different experiences at Hershey Medical Center. How is, um, are things different now with Hershey and with the chapter than they were with more services or um, just more things on the horizon for patient care? Yeah, so from back when we were going through our ALS journey, um, there um, is definitely more research available now than there was, um, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, so that's that's a positive. Uh, also, too, um, I feel that there's more knowledge. We're smarter now than we were 20 years ago due to all the research that um, we know which type of assistive breathing devices are better for our patients how much longer they should wear them, um, research about um, the diet for our patients and, and, and exercise and stuff like that. So all that research is implemented in the patient care. Um, so as we say, is we don't have a cure for our patients, but what our goal is always is to keep them safe and to give them the best quality of life um, as possible while they go through this trajectory. Um, and, I, and I feel that has improved, um, you know, since Rich was a, a patient there in the clinic. Well, I, so I, that's the good news. Good. Well, I think that things are, like you said, there's, there's technology that didn't exist before. Sue, you talk about telemedicine. Um, you guys at Hershey are specifically at the forefront of new things for patient care. How exciting is that to, to go to work and know that, what you're doing is going to be different in a couple of years, but that's because you're advancing the cause. You're, you're making things so they'll be better in 2018, 2019, 2020. That telemanagement that we're doing now is such a gift to our patients because I know Rich, Rich not because Rich didn't like the quality of care that he was getting, but it was just like he'd rather, yeah, he'd rather do anything to come to clinic and have, have, have suicide on you should listen to Maureen. <laughs> so, getting, getting um, seeing the team from the comfort of your home and us be able to deliver as much care as possible from um, patients' home, it is just, it, it's such a gift to them because 
as the disease progresses, it's really a hardship for a patient to travel and to spend three hours in a clinic. So, you know, thanks to the um, our chapter um, that we had raised money, and the chapter was so generous to give our clinic um, a donation so that we could continue on with our telemanagement program. It has really benefited our patients. If we didn't have the support of the Philadelphia chapter, our patients would really be at a loss. So that's why every diagnostic um, clinic, and, and I try to remind the patients throughout this, it, 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 if we didn't have the support of the chapter, the clinic wouldn't be running. And it would not be as efficient as it is. So, um, you know, um, our, that's why our ALS walk is so important and any of any fundraising that can be done and us going to advocacy day, Tony, and begging Washington and begging um, our state um, political figures to vote to give us as much money as possible so we could continue to give our patients the best care. It's so important. Right, we're going to do everything on all fronts, and, and nurses are really um, the leaders on that. So you guys are seeing the clinic change in, in good ways every year, making a difference, especially at Hershey, which is nationally recognized. Um, now, 2017 is the 40th anniversary of the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. Uh, you segued into that pretty well there, Maureen. So if you guys could all just help us end here on what does that milestone mean to you that the clinic that the chapter's been around for 40 years also that the clinic itself has been around for over 20 years now um what does that mean to you in 2017 and going forward you know tony i think that the the tagline for the 40th anniversary is really says it all and it's about honoring the mission and it, it really to watch the consistency of the chapter in all of these years to grow from literally the, you know, the, the store. It was a shoebox in Ellen Phillips's closet. And that passion and commitment to acute and for our patients is really continues every single day for 40 years. And it's the, um, the mission that the clinic was organized and supported and around and it feels so solid because nothing has changed ever. The size of the chapter has grown, the number of nurses employed, the number of patients we serve, but it has always been about the mission and that is to take care of our patients and to find a cure. I agree. So, Maureen or, or Annette, what do you think that milestone of the uh, of the anniversaries means to you? Well, I was kind of thinking the same thing that Sue said. To to know that something's been there for forty years means it's it's rock solid. It's and and the experience that comes from being around forty years. And I do love that the mission always conti- continues to be the same. That we are there for the patients we are advancing research there's there's such a, a push for that and a, you know and we always tell our patients we want to be put out of a job we love what we do but we want this disease to be eradicated and we don't want to see anyone suffering from it and so four years experience counts for a lot and the, the clinic just continues to grow and change and um 
we say best care anywhere, and I truly believe that about our clinic. I, I think everyone should come there because <laughs> there's just great people and there's great things being done. Well, you'll be very busy. Yeah, Tony, I would be a little too busy. But... Tony, I just also want to give a shout-out because we are only three of the chapter nurses. We have another nurse in North Central, and she's really our newest nurse, and that's Erica Smith. Mm -hmm. And she serves in Geisinger Clinic and also does home visits and manages patient care for our patients in the North Central area. And Gail Hausman is our other nurse in the Philadelphia chapter, and she serves a wide geography and is at the Jefferson Clinic. So we are lucky at the chapter. We have three nurses here in South Central, but we have a nurse nurses also in North Central and Philadelphia. So happy Nurses Week to our colleagues. Yeah, we're grateful to have all sorts of really qualified and compassionate nurses here at the chapter. That's why we're able to do what we do. So Maureen, let's let, let you go last. Um, what do you think that the chapter anniversary milestone uh, what does that mean to you as someone who's seen ALS from all perspectives and, and seen the chapter from different perspectives? Well, I, I feel that um, whenever I hear of somebody new being diagnosed, somebody that I don't know, obviously every day, you know, um, we, we experience that. But then there are so many patients, believe it or not, that we end up knowing or that there's a connect and I'm... It makes me um, hopeful for them because they're going to be part of our chapter and that our chapter has grown. And I tell the patients that. I can truly say from when I was on their end receiving the care and the support from the chapter over 10 years, and I thought that was phenomenal back then, that it's gotten even stronger and better. And it's always, as Sue and Annette have stated, it's always about the patient and the family and helping them get through. So, um, you know, I just had a, you know, close family friend diagnosed, and he, he's coming down to our Hershey Clinic. And I, 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 I can't explain enough how I just gave him words of encouragement that he will be part, him being receiving care and under the umbrella of the Philadelphia chapter, that he will receive nothing but the best of care. And that's what we want. We want everyone to get the best care possible, the best care anywhere. And for anyone listening, if you want to help support the work going on by these nurses uh, during Nurses Week and beyond, the Hershey Walk to Defeat ALS is on Saturday, June 3rd. I think all three of you will be there, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course you will. And and you can also find more ways to get involved at ALSPhiladelphia.org. Whether you donate, advocate, or uh, volunteer your time, there are many ways to help. And when it, for our 40th anniversary and beyond. And our big gala is coming up in November, so look on our website for more information there. And thank you all for your many decades of work fighting ALS and for um, helping the chapter be where it is. Thank you, Tony, for all you do. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Tony. And thank you all for listening. Follow us on social media at ALS Philadelphia. And, uh, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, the ALS podcast, and 
rate us highly and recommend us. Thank you so much.